it's Truck Driver Appreciation Week, and that means you've likely seen a bunch of posts flooding your social media timelines talking about thanking a trucker. But what are some ways that you can do more than just a social media post? We're breaking down some campaigns from some of the top companies all across the nation out there thanking a trucker, doing more than just a social media post. And then we're also throwing out some ideas in this show of how you can appreciate drivers all year round. Welcome into another episode of Cyberly. I am your host, Blythe Brumley. But on this show, we cover the attention economy, B2B marketing, and how it all ties into the world of logistics. And in today's episode, we are talking about ideas to celebrate your drivers all year round. Max Farrell, CEO of WorkHound, is telling us how driver retention is the new recruiting and how you can use feedback from your drivers in order to establish a better hiring strategy. And then finally, we have Chris Bright. He is the owner of No Limit Truck Co., and he's going to break down how he's grown his last mile fleet and how he's now helping others do the same. But our first topic, let's go ahead and dive into it because it's ways to show drivers appreciation all year round. Because let's be honest, social media or posting to social media is the easy part. But doing the hard work of honoring drivers all year round is much more challenging but it should, I, I want to make the case in this episode that it should be done all year round with a variety of different ways. But let's first highlight the companies that are doing the right things this week and are doing a little bit more than just a social media post, but they're still using social media in order to promote the good things that they're doing. First up, we have Transfix. Let's go ahead and put that image on the screen. And I did a post earlier in the week asking who, which companies are doing more than just posting to social media. And Desiree Wood, she is a truck driver and an advocate. She's president of Real Women in Trucking. And she said that Transfix is doing something really cool. They gave away a makeover for your sleeper to a truck driver. So that's something that's going above and beyond just posting to social media. Great. Shout out to, to Transfix for doing that great effort. And then the next one we have is Landstar, which is doing a fantastic job because they're giving away a new truck every year to owner operators leased to Landstar. So this year they're giving away the it's giving away next week during their BCO appreciation days. So Landstar, shout out to Landstar for, for actually giving away a free truck. That's incredible. Now, the next one we have on the list is the Open Road Group. And they're doing a week-long raffle to all of their drivers. And they put together a couple special videos as a way to personally say thank you. So I'll link to those videos in the show notes because it does go above and beyond. I believe they're actually getting some signage to put out in, in folks' yards wherever they're, they're saying, uh, you know, a, a trucker lives here or a trucker works here um, or other signs that if you're not a trucker, it just says you, that you support you know, the, the, the Truck Driver Awareness Week. So those are little efforts that are going above and beyond from just posting to social media. And then finally, with last but not least, we have Pilot Flying J, which you might recognize as, of course, is all across the country. Um, sort of, I don't want to call them gas stations because they're more experienced stations, I guess if that's the right phrase to use. But they partnered up with Dale Earnhardt Jr. and they unveiled a new truck driver appreciation car. And if we flip the script and we show the actual hood of the car, it says, thank a trucker. Like if you bought it, that famous infamous saying, if you got it, a trucker brought it. And so I think that that was a really great initiative by Pilot and Dale Earnhardt Jr. And they also went above and beyond and made this clip that we're going to play for you right now.
So those are all really great examples of, of companies not only using social media to say thanks, to say thank you to a trucker, but they're also using it as a way to showcase how they're giving back to the trucking community personally with, with a lot of their drivers. Or if it's like Pilot, then, you, then you're doing a massive campaign and centering it around. Now, we'll have more from Pilot in the future. I think we're going to have them on a future show to talk about how this campaign is going right now and the performance and the ROI essentially from that campaign. So we'll discuss that in a later show. But I thought that that was a really great way from all of these companies in order to showcase that, hey, we're doing more than just a social media post. Even though I think that you still should be using social media to promote what you're doing, but that just takes it to more of a, a real world perspective. And speaking of real world, real world perspective, let's bring it back to the carriers and asset-based companies that you're going to see throughout the week uh, celebrating their drivers. So usually what they do is, is they'll have meals. Sometimes those are once a week, but usually with a, a week like this, it's every single day where drivers can have access to catered food that's brought into the office or, or you know, just uh, maybe someone is in, uh, if you're lucky enough to be in an office that has a kitchen. Maybe there's folks in the kitchen that are actually doing the cooking there. So there's home cooked meal options and there's also catered food options. Um, you're also seeing giveaways with bundles such as t-shirts, hats, um, koozies. Uh, also water bottles is another big one that are bundled together as sort of a giveaway. And then gift cards, especially e-gift cards because they're so easy to send over that you don't necessarily have to have the, the, the tangible card with you, but you can send an e-gift card uh, out to the drivers. And those are usually bundled together with some kind of food offering throughout the week. And so you get a t-shirt hat, sort of, you know, those things. And those things, those are great gestures throughout the week. But how can we do a little bit more? Because I always think that we can do just a little bit more than I would assume as the, the standard offerings that what a lot of companies are out there giving. So about a year ago, I asked this same question. I asked it to Reddit which is a kind of, I would say, like a social media platform for those who don't really know, where topics are submitted to different groups if you follow different topics. And there's a pretty big one called Our Truckers. And, and in that subreddit, there's thousands of truckers in there that frequent and post there every single day. So I, I threw up a post that said, what are some of the meaningful gifts that companies and brands can give out to truckers in order to show their appreciation. And there were two items that were 100%. Everybody said that they wanted it. And those two items are money and time off. That's it. That's the list. But if you want to take it a little bit further, because there were some other items that were added onto that, that different feedback. And since checking for doing research for this show, there were several other uh, threads that were added to Reddit asking that same question that I asked just a year ago. So I'm going to run through some of the common things that I saw and try to package it together where it's more attainable for companies out there in order to put these types of packages together. If you haven't done it this year, no worries. You can put these things together for in the future and then to also celebrate for next year's Truck Driver Appreciation Week. So then that way you have something that you're giving away for this week, but then you're also encouraging uh, performance-based rewards it, throughout the entire year, and then also showing your appreciation throughout the entire year. So some of the common threads, and I, I did these two together because it, there were a lot of items that were mentioned, but some of them are more pertaining to the truck side of things, and then some of them are more pertaining to the trucker side of things. So starting with the truck care kit. This is what, what I'm calling it. A lot of drivers mentioned that they want a 12-volt cooler. That's for a lot of the, the sleeper trucks that are out there that they don't necessarily have a fridge already in their truck. 
a 12 volt cooler that is perfect for them to keep inside the truck inside the sleeper area they can plug it right into their truck and keep their items cold while out on the road a couple of other things that you could throw in that truck care kit is a benchmade knife so that's a fancier i don't want to say fancier kind of knife but it's a fancier kind of knife to me um, that will really help it's sort of like a multi-tool item then also a small vacuum. A flashlight was regularly mentioned as an item that they need a high quality flashlight. And usually what, what, what was being said is that you not only want an adjustable flashlight that can show you know, a beam onto one specific area, but you also need one of those flat flashlights that can illuminate a larger area. So keep that in mind if you're trying to build out your truck care kit. And then also good gloves and truck cleaning gel, which if you haven't seen truck cleaning gel, it's one of those it's almost like Silly Putty or some of like the GAC back in the day. If any of you guys are, you know, Nickelodeon fans or veterans like me, it was one of those um, like the, the squishy GAC stuff. And you put it in your cup holder, you put it in your air vents um, in and around your truck. So then that way you can get the gunk that is really difficult to clean. Then you can get that gunk out of there using that truck cleaning gel. So that's the truck care kit. And those were the items that most drivers on those Reddit threads mentioned that they would like because they're they're having to come out of pocket for these things. And speaking of coming out of pocket for a lot of different things, there's also the trucker care kit. And that's baby wipes, nice toilet paper, sunscreen, microfiber towels, um, a roll-up shower tote, and a medicine kit. These are all things that truckers have to keep on them in the truck. And a lot of times they're coming out of pocket for these things themselves. So both of those things are, or both of those kits are a little bit on the cheaper side. Now on the more expensive side, there were other things that were mentioned, such as a sun visor for your truck, which runs about $500. But that was one of the more common ones, pricier ones that were mentioned. Also weather resistant waxed cotton jacket. So I would imagine when you're outside, it's raining and it's pouring snow, all the different weather conditions that drivers have to have to be in constantly. That was another one that was mentioned. So high quality bison leather gloves. So those were a few different items from a cheaper price point and then also into more of a pricier price point, not to have too much alliteration there. Uh, but if you want some more ideas, there's also digital subscriptions. Think about it from that perspective. If, you, if you're on the road all the time, uh, Spotify subscription, Audible subscription. I think there's also a creative move that you can make there with an Audible subscription where you can create more of a community aspect by saying, hey, this is the book we're going to read for this month. All the drivers, employees in your office can all read it together. And then that creates a little bit of a bonding experience um, that you can highlight on your social media or in various different just, you know, company communication platforms. Also a massage. That's another idea because if you think about it, it's a very... Drivers are either sitting in their truck all day or they're doing hardcore labor. And so between those two things, it's a lot of wear and tear on your back. So a massage is always a good idea. And then also, I my personal favorite is a die cast model because I think that you can take that an extra step by buying a die cast model. These aren't the cheap ones that you see at the gas station. These are the actual replicas that you can get. You can get them in different modes. You can get them in, you know, flatbed, reefer, just over traditional dry van, um, those types of different trucks. And they're all made to scale. And now you can also take these trucks and order custom stickers. That's what I personally did back in the day whenever I was ordering gifts like this for drivers. I would take these trucks. I would also order custom stickers with our company logo on them and I'd take them out of the package, put the company logo sticker on it, put it back in the package and give them out as gifts. I think you can even take it a step further where you can get a sticker made with the driver's name on it and put that sticker on the truck as well. Now, some of these gifts ideas, you're not going to be giving away a, probably a $500 jacket to a driver that's just been hired. 
you can structure these in a rewards-based system to where after maybe 90 days, everyone gets the truck care kit. Um, maybe after six months, you can give them cash and a massage. Um, maybe after their year anniversary, you gift them the nice gloves, the nice jacket, and a little bit of cash, maybe you know, uh, five days off. These are all things that you can keep in mind as far as a rewards-based program where you can keep the drivers incentivized to, to continue to work for you and, and work towards some of these performance-based goals. There are a lot of different ideas that I could share with you, but we're going to go ahead and bring on one of the, the larger experts as, as far as driver feedback is concerned, because it is Truck Driver Appreciation Week. And what a perfect time to find out the happiness points and the frustration points on the job than with regular driver feedback. And there's no one better to in order to provide that kind of insight than CEO and co-founder of WorkHound, Max Farrell. So Max, let's go ahead and bring you in. Welcome into the show. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Absolutely. It's, it's Truck Driver Appreciation Week, so couldn't have lined up better to, to get you finally on the show. And I, I want to kick off this interview with a guide that you released on how companies can celebrate truck driver appreciation, because I thought that there was a lot of common threads in what was seen on, in your guide and then also what I was reading on these different Reddit threads. Right. And with that study in particular, uh, the swag and events you said the swag and events are short-term solutions to a long-term problem. Can you give us a breakdown of why you wanted to create this guide and, and what were some of the, the, the value points that you got from it? Well, I think you said it best earlier that um, Driver Appreciation Week shouldn't just be seven days out of the calendar year. It should be a continuous effort, just like retaining people is a continuous effort. You have to roll up your sleeves and put in the work every single week in order to get the results that you want. So what we wanted to share was a, a different perspective because in, in this uh, in this industry, we often get caught up doing what we've done for, for years and years, but you know we're in 2021 and beyond. The things that worked 10 years ago aren't going to work today and tomorrow. So we have to think about how do we evolve with the evolving workforce, the evolving dynamics of the world that we're in, and it's, it's not just about stuff and, and doing a cookout for one week. It's really building a strategy uh, around how do we provide more robust offerings to our people and maybe think beyond just you know, giving out a water bottle and more so how can we set them up for long-term career success and make that part of our appreciation to them. I love that you said that because I, I've seen a lot of posts from different companies throughout the week. And while their heart is in the right place, it doesn't necessarily move the needle as, as you know, with, with little giveaways like T-shirts and water bottles. Those are nice, but I think we can do better. And, and, and that's what a lot of, of your feedback from what I've read and a lot of your different reports, especially coming from, from your company, WorkHound. Can you give us a little bit of a breakdown for folks who don't know what your company does and, and, and how it yeah. came to be? Yeah, so we started WorkHound in 2015, and what we saw was that turnover is high in industries like trucking, and a lot of guys quit because they don't feel respected and they don't feel like they have a voice. An option, the only uh, the only option for that had been exit interviews or annual surveys, which is either an autopsy or it's too late because in this business, a guy can be happy on Tuesday, fed up on Wednesday, and quit by the end of the week and be in orientation somewhere else on on Monday. And so. Mm -hmm. What we have to do is figure out how do we help companies become more proactive instead of reactive. So what we do at WorkHound is we've created a real-time feedback loop where workers, drivers can share feedback anonymously without the fear of retaliation, and companies are getting continuous insights to start to see where are issues, what blind spots are we facing, and what are the things that we need to, to change or the individual issues we need to address 
in order to retain our best people and improve how we operate. And our goal is to show uh, drivers, hey, we're listening, we're working to get better, and your voice matters at our company. And so that's WorkHound in a nutshell. Now, how does the, I guess, the, the, the program work? Are the messages coming from you guys? Is it coming from the company on behalf of your technology? How does sort of the, the, the whole process break down? Yeah, so what uh, our goal is to create a, a feedback loop. So each week we, uh, we send drivers a text message. Uh, you know, there's no app, there's no downloading or installing. So it's really low friction. You know, we know the demographics of this workforce. So we want to make it really easy to use. And in that text, you just click a link to share feedback. And so in 90 seconds or less, people are able to say, no, I'm not driving the truck. Here's how I feel about work. Here's why I feel that way. And we leave it open-ended because often we don't know what we don't know. And so we want our eyes and ears on the front lines to tell us, here's the issues that I'm seeing. Here's the blind spots that the company may be having and surface the issues we didn't even know to ask about. And so once we get that data, what's really important is to make sure we, we digest it and do something. And what I've learned is that getting feedback is good, but doing something about it is better. And then telling people what we did about it is the cherry on the sundae. Mm. So what we spend a lot of time working with companies on is making sure they understand what are the issues are there individual uh, challenges that drivers are facing? So for example, a guy may say, hey, you said you put my wife on my insurance. You didn't do it. I'm tired of the runaround. I'm going to quit. And a company sees that. They're like, gosh, this is fixable. So what we've built is a way for companies to request to connect to these anonymous drivers to, in order to address the issue. Uh, and what we know about human nature is usually people just want to get their problem fixed instead of going to sit through orientation somewhere else. And so uh, we've actually seen it where I think in the past year, we helped companies retain over 4,000 drivers simply by helping them be proactive to address an issue before the straw broke the camel's back and, uh, and be able to have a conversation with somebody that was about to walk out the door because of a frustration. Um, so th that's one of the big ways we aim to go to work from day one is just make sure we catch and address those intervenable issues. And how do you know what questions to ask? Is it is it customized per company or maybe there's some intro questions first that, that you start to get a good feel maybe for, for what the drivers are, are, are giving feedback wise and then it goes into more custom? How does a company know what to ask? So it, it's trying to keep it as simple as possible because if you think about any survey you've gotten or anybody listening in, pretty much any time you add an additional question to a survey, you're decreasing the likelihood that it gets completed. So for us, when we're thinking about feedback prompts, we want to maximize participation, even if that means only asking one question. So really, we're just asking, how are you feeling about work and why do you feel that way? And that provides an incredible baseline for the company to understand, you know, are people talking about pay, equipment, safety, communication, and they'll run the gamut about what they talk about. It'll expose blind spots. So It'll, it, it's helped companies see, hey, our guys want to ride with pets in the truck and, and you know, guys want to take dogs on the road. We've been resistant to a pet policy, but now we have data that says this will help us retain our people. And they never would have thought to ask that question because the company's just operated the way it always has. Or you know, drivers were frustrated about skipping certain toll roads. You know, if you talk to a company, would you pay the $20 toll in order to retain a driver? They probably would. So it makes sense to enhance benefits in that way. Uh, so we, we use that open-ended feedback to, to highlight, here's the things you didn't even know to ask about. And then that gives you the insight to be able to drill down with more specific questions a few weeks later to say, hey, we've, we heard a lot about um, frustrations with equipment. Where, where, where do we need to improve here? Those sorts I of things. 
I love that because then then you're putting it on a constant feedback loop. And then, like you said, if the, the company didn't know about a pet policy, if lots of drivers now all of a sudden want to start having pets in their truck, how do you even address that if you're not knowing to even ask the question? So I love that. Now, from, from a feedback perspective, you also compile reports as sort of almost like an industry barometer. And, and in fact, right. you shared with us that the, the 2021 mid-year driver feedback analysis report, and it was based on 24,000 anonymous comments from over 10,000 workers. Your mid-year trends report highlights the importance of communication, employee outreach, equipment equity, and relationships within an organization. What were some of your favorite trends that you discovered from this report that maybe could help out some other companies that haven't started using you yet? Well, you know, first off, the uh, it's the commitment to communication. And you know, one of the, the top themes that was in there was, was equipment. And, um, it's because, and a lot of times people think, oh, they want a newer truck or something, but not really, like you have to think that, that a truck is not only a driver's tool to do their job, but often it's their home. Hmm. And so you have to make sure that you're, you're factoring in both things. How, uh, how are we making sure that they're able to, to have the best tool possible to make the most money possible? Um, but also that they have the comforts to, to feel like home. So of course we get data around uh, in cab devices, and and really it's uh, it's a lack of communication that uh, that goes on where drivers are really frustrated that those are being put in, and the company's not sharing. Here's why we're doing it, and also here's why it's beneficial to mm-hmm. to you. Uh, it's just jumping into we're doing this, and you got to deal with this other thing. Uh, and then of course you know, pay is is always one of the top three or four themes, uh, but time and time again. The biggest issues with pay are people not understanding their pay or feeling like uh, they, they, uh, there's, it's incorrect. And so really, pay is a communication issue. In fact, like in some recent data, 41% of pay comments were questions. So what that tells us is that there's room to improve how we communicate about pay before we go and make any uh, strategic pay changes. So those are a couple of things that have stood out. Now, now, WorkHound, you guys, it, it, it's not just drivers that, that you're focused on as far as getting that feedback loop going. You, you also serve the industries of remote workers and, and, and frontline workers. I would imagine that managing that feedback loop, it, there's a lot of similarities there. Is that an accurate statement or is there kind of, uh, I, I guess, challenges within each respective group? So each, uh, in general, it's, it's all relatively similar. At the end of the day, we're all people. We want to be heard. We want to know that our company is listening and doing something about what we said. That's universal, whether that's trucking, manufacturing, warehousing, any part of the supply chain, or even a technology company like us. Having a feedback loop is just good hygiene for a successful business so that you become a better version of yourself week over week instead of waiting for an annual survey to try to get better all at once. You know, it's, all, it's about building habits instead of thinking like a one-time initiative is going to change something. So. In short, it is relatively similar, but how it's managed, of course, there, there's some differences. The challenges that are faced are, are always different because if you're getting feedback from the office staff at a, at a trucking company or some other company in the supply chain, a lot of them are paid on salary. So pay uh, communication or questioning, is my pay accurate, doesn't come up because that's just not an issue. Uh, and so you know, there, there's certainly nuances like that that make a difference. But at the end of the day, People want to know, is my company listening and, and getting better based on what we say? 
Now, now I want to take it to, because it's we, we do talk a lot about marketing on this show. And, and I think that you guys have some of the better marketing that, that's in the industry between all of your case studies and reports that you generate and your email marketing. I, I think it's it's really top notch. Talk me through a little bit about your 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 thought process of, of where you're prioritizing your marketing. Is it is it just an email and case studies or are you dabbling in other areas as well? So first off, I want to give a shout out to Katie Love uh, from our team. She's done an incredible job in, in building the foundation for uh, our marketing efforts. So a big fan of hers, and um, she's a big reason why we've been able to make the impact that we have. Uh, and you know, that being said, a big thing for us is how do we come to the table and, and create value with everything that we do? And uh, you know, it goes back to something my grandfather told me, you, know, you can do a lot more with friends than you can with money. And so for us, we, we want to take that give first mentality and just be helpful to folks, knowing that uh, at some point we may be able to, to benefit uh, each other in, in, with a long-term relationship. So that's our mindset. Let's just, let's create value. It's one of our company values. And if we, if we live to that, then usually good things happen. And fortunately they have. Absolutely. And, and that's how I really got introduced to your company is that I heard about you once and then I signed up for you know a report, downloaded the report, and now I get your communications all the time. So I'm constantly seeing the hustle that you guys have out here. So I, I just really wanted to commend you on that because it's a lot of really valuable information, even if you're not in the recruiting and retention side of things. So just you know, shout out to, to, to Katie and your marketing department because it's, it's really, it's, it's top notch. And, and I think you know, with your solution, it, it's so unique that I imagine that you have leads sort of banging down the door in order to work with you. How are you handling, I guess, sort of that lead follow-up? Is it, is it really a, you know, a, the, the, a small team managing that? Or do you have help with, with managing a, a lot of the leads that I'm, I'm sure are coming in? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm fortunate that we have a, a great team behind us at, at WorkCount. So, you know, we've got different departments focused on customer success, product development, growing the, the business. Uh, so it's, it's a good um, almost feedback loop within our company as far as how we support customers, add new customers in, and then take their feedback to make the product better. So we have a great team in place. But really, yeah, the thing that I, I really pride ourselves on is making sure that we are an operational and cultural fit for a company. And there have been times where people have said, hey, we, we want to sign on. And we've told them, no, now's not a good time because they didn't have leadership buy-in. Mm -hmm. Because you know, with, with WorkHound, we are a feedback loop, but we want to help facilitate change in the company because we want that long-term relationship where a company says, we are a better version of ourselves as a result of this. And change is hard, it's messy, and it takes time. And often it starts from the top. So if we just have, you know, an individual contributor saying, hey, I've got um, this, this budget to do this, we, we say, hey, we, we need a, a C-suite uh, executive sponsor to make this a reality because we really want to make sure that, that you get the impact that you're hoping for and be able to get you promoted. Because, you know, that's also been a really rewarding for us is watching people take a risk with WorkHound, especially in our early days, and they get promoted through the ranks because their company's in a much better place as a result of their uh, commitment to listening to their workforce and getting better. Now, with a lot of your solutions, great answer, by the way, that, that you hit the, you knocked it out of the park with that. Now, with a lot of your solutions, I would imagine that they're, they're more of a better fit for maybe midsize to larger carriers. But are, am I wrong in that thinking that maybe there, there's some tips that some of the smaller carriers can take from a lot of your, your, your feedback in order to get better, to get to a place where it's a good fit for them? So I think there's actually, it works both ways. So I think there's, like for us, we work primarily with companies that have 100 or more drivers. 
uh, you know, as far as the, the larger the company, the better we're able to get uh, a good sample size of data and better highlight trends. But, you know, if you're able to retain one driver a month by following this process, an average cost to replace a driver is five to ten thousand dollars. Know, it's pretty easy to say the, the uh, juice is worth the squeeze. But, you know, that being said, for the smaller companies, you know, one of the biggest value propositions they bring to the table is that personal face-to-face relationship that's tough to scale with a larger company. Mm. So, you know, some of the, the larger companies that, uh, you know, that work with us, they really f- try to figure out how do we create a, a, a set of villages within our company instead of being a bustling city so that we can try to replicate that uh, small company experience, that high touch, high interaction, personalized feel with our people. Uh, and so that's the, the uh, thing that I've seen larger companies take from uh, inspiration from smaller companies, just asking that question. We, we grew as a company. We grew because we did some things when we were small to make people trust us, like us, be loyal to us. How do we replicate that at scale? And uh, we certainly like to do our part at WorkHound to help them facilitate that. I love that. So it's really information that that's actionable for the larger companies, but the larger companies are taking cues from the smaller fleets that are still doing things the right way. I I love that tip. All right. Final question, since it's truck driver appreciation week, what are, what, what is one thing that you wish the folks that are not in the trucking industry understood about drivers? So uh, one of the, one of the easiest ones is, uh, you know, people often get frustrated about a, a truck going 63 miles an hour in the left lane and a truck going 62 miles an hour in the right lane. And uh, really what's happening is that both guys have their pedal to the metal. There's just governors on the truck. Both of them are getting paid since by the miles. So they're trying to drive as hard as they can and make as much money as possible. And uh, they want to get out of, get out of the way as quick as possible they're not trying to be jerks. It's just everybody's trying to make money out there and you got to respect the hustle. Uh, so once I realized that in the industry, I was much more empathetic when I got caught in those situations on the roadways. And uh, yeah, I think once you realize that, you have a ton more empathy when you're driving down the road. Absolutely. And people stop cutting trucks off. <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> difficult, a lot more difficult for them to make a stop than for you to. So, so uh, it, yeah, it, it, great advice. Max, where can people follow more of your work and, and, and work hounds? Yeah. Uh, so uh, we are WorkHound. It's W-O-R-K-H-O-U-N-D. Uh, visit us at WorkHound.com. We're certainly on various social media platforms. And uh, we'd love to have a conversation about what your current strategy is, what your goals are for the future, and help you become a better version of yourself. Appreciate the time. Thank you so much, Max. Have a good one. Hey, thank you. All right. Well, for one side of, of the trucking coin in which we're talking about, you know, the, the, the feedback loop and how crucial that is, let's flip it over to the fleet owner side of things, because now we're going to bring in Chris Bright. He's the managing partner of No Limit Truck Co. and the creator of Start Small and Big. Let's go ahead and welcome Chris in. Welcome into the show, Chris, fellow, fellow Duval resident. <laughs> Yes, yes, Duval. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I was hoping you would somebody would do that at this point, some point in the show. <laughs> now, now we, Chris, as, as a little bit of backstory for for the viewers, we met about a year ago here in in Jacksonville. I had I, I had the pleasure right. of interviewing one of the the smartest minds in trucking, Demarco Thomas. Um, and since then, Indeed. things have blown up for you. Give us a little info, you know, about your your backstory and how you started up your company. Uh well. Um... My backstory is just ultimately, you know, wanting to get out of corporate America, right? Wanting to have you know, my own piece of the pie and uh, run a business, just getting your entrepreneurship. So my backstory is I started it with box trucks and then ultimately uh, just found my groove with it. 
and later on, you know, just becoming very interested and passionate about the other side of trucking, you know, that you don't see, you know, with the with the big trucks, the, the the last mile and the middle mile. So from there, you know, I just fully submerged myself into last mile, whereas now, you know, built uh, a 20 unit uh, Sprinter Ram fleet uh, that delivers packages in Jacksonville as well as Atlanta. And, uh, you know, that's my story. So I'm here, I'm just teaching uh, how to, you know, start last mile fleets, how to get a part of the last mile industry. Uh, to people that, you know, may think that transportation is too high of an obstacle, you know, showing them a different way to get into the transportation community. Love it. And and were you always into trucking or did you did you just sort of fall into it by accident? A lot of people, it's it's because, you know, the family member was involved with trucking, which is, you know, my my origin story. But what about you? Did you always just maybe have an interest in it or did somebody else sort of, you know, bring you in like you're doing for other folks? Yeah, well, for me, that's, that's a good question. So originally, so my passion is printing. Right. I love, I love the printing, designing and things like that. So trucking was not like uh, the ideal you know, business for me if I was to get into business for myself. It would always have been printing. But, you know, uh, this is my second go of business. So in my first go, I, I learned things the hard way, you know, about accounting and, you know, revenue and, you know, making sure, you know, expenses and all those different things. So uh, when I that business didn't go as well. Right. I wanted to get into something that um, I could really understand the industry, you know, uh, grow the business to not have to be in the business and uh, I have a younger brother, you know, that drives trucks and he was just telling me about the business itself. So, um, you know, when that opportunity came up and I got a second go at business, I just always told myself I was going to get into trucking. Um, and from my perspective, I thought it was going to be a semi-truck, but just learning as I was getting through, you know, I realized that I didn't have enough money, you know, to start a semi-truck business and avoid some of the pitfalls that I had in my in my past business in trucking, I mean, in, in printing. So I wanted to come from a, a easier entry point on that pretty much is how I landed on, you know, getting started with a single box truck uh, running Amazon freight. And so when you, when you started out in sort of the last mile sector, where, how did you see opportunities there? Was it strictly because you, you, you didn't want to, to pay the cost of a big semi that you wanted to go into last mile or were there other factors that you saw opportunity in last mile where maybe some other folks didn't? Yeah. Well, my, the biggest advantage that I've seen was that I could do it myself. Right. I wanted to be able to uh, start a business and not have to lean on someone on some credentials that I did not have. You know, so I was not interested in going over the road and driving over the road trucking. So the uh, I wanted to, again, have something where I could do the work as well as create jobs around me. And I know the majority of the people that I knew that I could get into to support me and help me, they didn't have CDL licenses either. So I wanted to specifically find uh, a niche within transportation that I could leverage non-CDL drivers to be the driver that I use, you know, to build my fleet around. And so speaking of, of building the fleet, how many trucks do you have now? And, and, and do you have plans to expand outside of last mile? Or are you really, you know, honed in on focusing on that last mile? Yeah, I think the last mile market is, is still, you know, we still don't know uh, everything that's going to come up, right? So I think that to, for me, the best spot for me to be is to stay as close as possible mm-hmm. to last mile. I do believe there are ways to grow, you know, and grow to those other uh, pieces of equipment, you know, and stay and still stay within last mile, right? And feed your total operations. So as of now, you know, we, we operate 20 vans um, in Jacksonville and Atlanta, I have five box trucks and I actually just got my first semi truck uh, and trailer. 
So for me, I'm, I'm trying to build a, a very well integrated last mile operation, you know, where I can not only uh, distribute the goods locally within the city out of Sprinter vans and also maybe service them dock to dock with a, with a box truck middle mile, I can also send a truck to go get freight as well for distribution. So, you know, um, for me, I, again, I wanted to stay as committed to last mile as possible and find a way to get within every niche of this vertical as I it grows that. to, you know, warehousing, tractors, everything. Yeah, because it's, I mean, it sounds like you're going a mile deep instead of a mile wide, which is, I think, is where Absolutely. a lot of business owners make that mistake as they try to be too many things to, to, to too many people. That's, uh, I, I, I unfortunately yeah. have done that before myself, but you don't learn until like, like that, that's, you know, DeMarco said it best about a year ago. He's like, you don't learn until you lose money. And that was a, a losing money situation <laughs> for me. Absolutely. Not, Absolutely. With that growth that that you've experienced, you're now teaching other people how to do the same thing that you're doing. What, was there any Absolutely. risk, I guess, in, in sort of giving away the secret sauce? Or, or did you always want to get to a level where you could help other people, you know, do the same thing that you're doing? Well, you, you have you have all the good questions. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. No, I, I love that. And you're right. You know, um, I think it gets it, it got it gets to the point where, you know, once you understand the industry that you're in and you see, you know, the just the how huge this industry is, right? So for me, it's like, you know, you can go further faster if you get people involved, right? If you can teach people how to have be responsible on their own last mile fleets, you know, you can be a part of the reason that they can run in their respective city. So for me, uh, once I've, you know, kind of figured out the process of getting equipment, figured out the process of hiring, it's like, okay, how can I, you know, be more potent, you know, and, and, and get to a thousand units or have a network of a thousand people. So the best way to do that is to teach people what I know, you know, the good practices that I've created and the things that have helped me find success and overall get them to all, you know, everyone to believe in, you know, to have one common goal, which will be to build a, a very powerful, you know, last mile distribution network. So uh, that's where I got to that point. Like, you know, let me, Charter community of people, and that's how the start small and big, you know, boot camp and community just kind of came to be. I love that, and and I, I would imagine that that's exactly what you mean by start small and big is is that you're starting Absolutely. with one truck and then expanding from there. Um, what are some some challenges that maybe you have experienced, or maybe you haven't experienced yet that that you're discovering through teaching other people through that start small in big program? Are there maybe more questions that are popping up that are unique to Last Mile that you didn't know? Yeah, well, you know there are tons of things, right? Like you know, for example, I wasn't even aware of you know that FedEx is essentially made up of several contractors you know, across the country. So there are several questions within just the whole last mile chain that still intrigue me, you know, and, and starting with, you know, the names behind the contracts, you know, with the coordination of the freight, the, the how are the warehouses selected for the distribution chain. So again, once you get further into it, you really understand that, you know, the vans and the trucks and the pieces of equipment are just the end of the process. It makes you get more interested in like the beginning of the process. You know, where do the where do the the goods start out at? You know, from the from the transaction, the e-commerce transaction of the person actually making the purchase. You know, what happens then in the supply chain? So again, my my, my passion has pretty much grown from you know last mile to now just being observant of the entire mm -hmm. supply chain and just figuring out okay, now how can I get my 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 name on this as well? 
And and so as you're as you're you're teaching more folks to 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 come into the last mile industry, are, have you noticed any success stories yet that, that that are popping up for people who have taken your program and then actually put it into action? Oh yes, oh yes, absolutely, absolutely. So right now we have a community of about 150 people uh, okay. that have went through our boot camp. Uh, we have dozens of people, you know, that are have their first vans now, and we're getting ready for the peak season. We have people that have maybe not even had to have you know, their own van, but have learned, we've taught them how to, you know, become a courier and create revenue just with their, with their personal car. So we have tons of success stories. You know, one of my most favorite ones is, you know, uh, we have an individual, I won't mention her, uh, but she's really, really private, but she actually started with her car, you know, and she grew from her car. Now she has two vans and she's getting ready for the peak season. Just by, you know, putting herself out there, uh, you know, executing on some of the things that we discussed and really just finding her own lane and, and being, you know, just following the instructions. So again, it's, it's really gratifying to see everyone, you know, becoming a part of the industry, you know, actually realizing that you can make money, you know, in transportation outside of the bigger truck. And also, you know, just humble and respectfully, right, being able to notice that, listen, you don't have to start with the truck. You know, you can start anywhere and grow your way to that. So I think uh, that's why I try to make a good example, you know, and just show them how I built a diverse fleet. But still, you know, just one step at a time. Start small and big. I love that That's story it. that she started out with just her car and then now is progressing and it, it progressing more in life to, to, it sounds like becoming an entrepreneur in, in spirit Absolutely. and in practice. So it, it, that's awesome. Great job. So it, you also, you mentioned earlier in the show that, that you come from a, a creative background, you, you owned a print shop. And I think that that's, you know, the, the creativeness is very evident from your, your Instagram profile. Can, can you give us a little bit of backstory on on how you turned that creative into a business opportunity? It, was it just the print shop or were you maybe, you know, in the, the graphic design studio well before then? And this was the, you know, the, the passion that you wanted to turn into a business. Yeah. So I've always had, you know, something that I was doing, right? It was always something, you know, I'm selling something or, you know, I'm a part of this campaign and doing something so business no matter what it was, business has always been a part of it. You know, that's how, you know, from day one, right, as a, as a young kid, you know, the goal was to have money in my pocket so I could get the things that I wanted. And not only that, just create opportunity. So, you know, ultimately for me, I try to go towards things where I can, uh, you know, influence, right, and, and have the most positive impact that I can. So, you know, with my social media and everything else like that, I'm just sharing my day to day. You know, I'm just sharing things that I really believe in. I'm just sharing, you know, things that are really important to me. And, you know, and a lot of people subscribe to it because they gravitate towards it. And they see that, you know, there is um, honor in, you know, in sharing information. You know, there is honor in trying to create opportunities for other ones. There is honor in, you know, showing humility and just showing that you're not afraid to start from the bottom and you don't care what people think about it because at least you're getting started. So, um, you know, I just try to be who I am, right? Try to keep good people around me, you know, shout out to uh, Metro Max Dispatch and all that that group has going on. I try to keep good people around me and just be uh, a valuable asset to those around me. So that way, you know, the same amount of energy that they give to me and information, I can give that back. 
I love that. It's, it's, it's nothing more fulfilling than to help teach somebody else what you've learned and to help them avoid some of those roadblocks and challenges that you've gone through in order for them to, to get there faster. Now, now for the more, I guess, more immediate future where we're coming up on peak season, last mile is an incredible demand for it right now and for the foreseeable future. How are you prepping your fleet for, for peak season right now? Well, you know, I'm sure you know, right? This is like last year was the biggest peak season ever. You know, this year we're going to be the biggest peak season ever, right? You know, um, I think the transactions are expected to top, you know, $200 billion. You know, it, it's it's just, it's it's unthinkable, you know, how uh, much of a demand and strain is put on last mile during this package peak season. So, you know, we're looking to ramp up, you know, we want to have 50 to 75 bodies available, you know, in each city that can help us deliver packages across multiple operations. You know, we are preparing our fleet, right? Doing the uh, preventative maintenance now, you know, staying ahead of it, working on practices now, you know, figuring out different ways and different nuances to, to be more efficient and effective with the day. So right now we are, you know, we're, it's not peak season yet, but for us, it really is because we're preparing for it, you know? So right now it's just every single day all out. What can we do to improve today, to get better today and just be prepared for, you know, no, no one really knows what to expect this upcoming holiday peak season. Hmm. Now, now with I guess with prepping all uh, of your team for the peak season, are there's a lot. There's always been conversation about you know retention and recruiting for for big rigs for semis. Does last mile do, do you experience a lot of those recruiting challenges as well, or is it probably I would imagine a little bit easier to recruit drivers if they can stay home on nights and weekends. Right, right, right. Well, you know, you still have challenges, though, right? You know, uh, because that's just the that's just in the sport of, you know, relying on people to help run your business. Right. So you're always going to have personnel things that you have to work through and develop through. Uh, so no matter what, you know, I, I was just watching the last segment. Right. And driver appreciation extends all the way down to this sector as well. So, you know, uh, the biggest thing, the biggest advice that I always give in recruiting people and just not having as high of a turnover and just really investing in the people, you know, letting, leaning from a, a, a good-hearted perspective, right, uh, providing good detail, getting to know the people, and uh, because word of mouth is the best advertisement out. So I usually lean on the people that work for the operation to bring us more people because you'll find a few things, you know, you even have people that once they commit and buy into the business, they will they will do the vetting out for you. You know, they don't want to refer a bad seed to where they make their money at. So I find a lot of times when people will say like, hey, you know, my cousin wants to get a job here, man, but you know, he's not really dependable. So I'll bring you the next person that comes. You know, it happens more than you think. So, uh, but but still, you know, we deal with challenges. Uh, but at the end of the day as well, we have a really good, strong turnover, more so, as I said, because we invest in our people and I really go above and beyond to make sure they know that I care about them. Love that. that. That's such a great message. And 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 I hate to to I guess end it on this note, but uh <laughs> you're obviously a Duval, you're you're a Duval resident. Um Jaguar Absolutely. season just got started. Uh how are you feeling about Urban Meyer? <laughs> I'm gonna speak positive to light. <laughs> I'm gonna speak positive light over our team, over our over our team. I'm not a Gator fan, you know. Uh I'm so we had bad blood since then, me and myself and Urban Meyer. Uh, just so, but you know what? He's in Duval now. I wish him the absolute best because he is leading 
a team that, you know, my hometown team. So I love them. You know, I love Urban Meyer. I love the Jaguars. And I know that, you know, this this is our year. This is our year. <laughs> we, we start praying right now because <laughs> I think we're going to need it. <laughs> oh, man, it's right, been Chris, such a pleasure. <laughs> where can people follow more of your work? Yeah, well, you can absolutely catch me out on Instagram at Last Mile Legend. Uh, start Small and Big is the movement. If you are out there and you are interested in the last mile industry, if you're interested in learning how to turn vans into income earning assets and becoming a part of the last mile industry, which spans across from having your own personal fleet all the way to maybe one day learning how to have your own FedEx fleet, you know, check us out, startsmallandbig.com. Even if you just want free information, I'm always dropping jewels at last mile legend on Instagram. I co-signed that. Thank you so much, Chris. We'll put all of those links in the show notes and in the description so people can, it'll be easy for folks to, to find your work because it really is, you're, you're one of my favorite Instagram followers. So keep up the great work and Thank thanks you. for coming on the show. Absolutely. I wish you the best. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And go Jags as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, big thanks to to Max and Chris for for joining the show. It, it, it couldn't have lined up more perfectly with, with Truck Driver Appreciation Week. So hopefully you, you've taken a lot of value out of not only the, the gift ideas that we talked about earlier in the show to show appreciation year round, but also keeping that feedback loop and also giving resources out to, to other folks in the industry if they're thinking about doing what you want to do. And so moving into the next topic, we're going to talk a little bit of brain candy. And that is the truck of TikTok version because I thought Structure of Appreciation Week drink every time I say that phrase. I feel like I've said that phrase throughout this entire show, but we're going to, I want to shine a light on a few of my favorite truckers to follow on TikTok. So no stranger to the show. Let's go ahead and play one of the, my favorite over-the-road creators. That, that's Rai Shirarsky. He has some of the most beautiful photography, creative video. He's on TikTok and Instagram. So, so let's take a look at that first video. His account, obviously, that's just showing sort of a, a, a day in the life or behind the scenes of being a driver, which I think for those of us who don't work on the road constantly, we have no idea what it's like to be on the road. So, so guys like that, that showcase more of the creative side of trucking, I, I'm always a big fan of. And we've played before his, some of his, his highlight reels of just the videos and the photos that he's taken. And it really is, it's top notch. I don't know why a big trucking company or a big carrier hasn't signed him yet, but that is one of the accounts that you should be following. And I will link to those in the show notes as well. So then that way you can, you can find easy access to accounts like that. Now, the next person, Person that I want to mention. I haven't mentioned him before, but he's becoming one of my favorite follows on TikTok. And his name is Kyle Taylor, aka Double T on TikTok. And he commentates on the state of the trucking industry and, and hot topics. And so it's great to, to hear about these, these stories in the news, but to get that firsthand driver reaction to some of these topics is really, really invaluable, especially for somebody from a marketing perspective, because I want to know the challenges and, and the issues that are going on in the industry from the driver perspective. And nobody does it really better than, than Double T because it's also the, the, the personal side of things of what he's showing on his TikTok account. His, his dog Bear rides in the truck with him, super cute dog. Um, but I'm really thankful for his perspective that he gives, especially when it's not the serious, it's also the, the serious topics, but it's also topics like what we're about to play now. Rumbling semi-truck for 10 hours. Who needs this?
just simple, effective videos that get straight to the point and and talk about the industry hot topics. And now, obviously, in that video, there there's somebody that had found a YouTube channel, which I don't know if you folks are are aware, but on YouTube, you can go and you can find different ambient channels that will literally it's like a ten hour playlist of just ambient sounds that you want to hear maybe while you're working or in the background. But that particular example was a truck running just on idle for 10 hours. And that person did not understand why somebody would need that to fall asleep. But truck drivers sleep often in their cars or in their trucks. And so having that on in the background, maybe when they go back home and they're not able to sleep without that idling noise, that's something that to, to bring to somebody's attention that I wouldn't have known and probably you wouldn't have known unless we saw that video. So so shout out to Kyle. Also shout out to John Christner Chuck. They, they also go by JCT. They have a new podcast called the JCT Podcast. And I got a chance to learn a little bit more about Kyle more than just his TikToks because they've started up their own podcast and they're publishing out to YouTube. I think they're about a handful of episodes in. And I always like to shout out the, the trucking companies that are doing something a little bit different and doing something a, a little bit more creative when it comes to their content. So shout out to them. You can find them on YouTube. I'm sure they're on different podcast platforms, but I personally listen to them on YouTube. Now, the next one I want to play is Women in Trucking. They are also on TikTok. They have a newer account. So I love seeing insights like the one we're about to play, which is from Allison, who has a series on safety tips. Whenever you stop at a rest area, a truck stop, or just anywhere along the way, even at a vendor, you always want to do a walk around to make sure everything's okay. And what I'm always looking for is I'm looking at my fifth wheel because I want to make sure my jaws are closed. So it's always good to carry a flashlight with you, okay? Because you can only see it if you got a flashlight, okay? And then I walk back here. And as I'm walking back here, I'm looking at the handle on my on my pins, okay, my, my slide handle, and I'm checking my pins to make sure they're all sticking out, okay? You got two on each side, four. Okay, and then I'm walking back here, and I'm also looking at my tires on the way as I go by, and then I'm checking my trailer door because I want to make sure nobody's been in the back of my trailer, okay? It only takes a second for people to do things. And then when I get back up to my cab, when I get in my seat, I'll look to the back of my cab, make sure nobody's in there. All good tips. And remember earlier in the show when I said that the drivers overwhelmingly were talking about a good quality flashlight? You just saw the perfect example of, of how a driver uses a flashlight on every part of their job and on a daily basis. Not necessarily every part of their job, but a good portion of their day is spent doing those safety checks. At least the good drivers like Allison are doing that. And finally, last but certainly not least, my favorite trucker to follow on social media is Trucker Wazir, who's back with another creative take on education and safety in the industry. We all know the trucker lifestyle is go, go, go. But how do we stop? Believe it or not, trucks are stopped by air. Under this hood is an air compressor. It takes in air, compresses it, and holds it in a tank with no leaks. Right, Wazir? Exactly. Pressing the foot pedal sends air to the brake, where the brake shoe rubs against the brake drum, and the friction causes the wheel to stop. You can let the air out now. Let it out. Let it out. Oh, look, it dies. That reminds me. Speaking of dimes, it has come to my attention that you four-wheelers think that us trucks can stop on a dime. Because if I had 10 cents every time a four-wheeler jumped in front of me and slammed on their brakes, I could buy a new truck. 
Just like my body after eating on the road for over a year, trucks are really heavy. They can weigh up to 80,000 pounds. We can take a distance of two whole football fields for a truck to stop. This is why it's very important to always inspect your brakes and make sure everything is up to specs and not damaged. That's so much info. Don't worry, you don't have to be a genius. Anytime I have trouble, the best place to come to is TA Truck Service. They get you right, they get you quick, and they get you back on the road. So for this break week, head over to your local TA and get your truck serviced by the pros. Yeah, TA. I, I swear he has the best production value of the majority of brands and, and just really like influencers on TikTok in general. It doesn't matter the industry because you can tell he puts a lot of editing work and post-production work into creating these videos, shooting them, and then editing them into that, that format of what you just saw. So great job. And I hope TA actually sponsored him for that video. From looking at the comments, it doesn't look like that, that he was actually sponsored by TA. So that is another example of another trucker creating great content out there that is really just ripe for affiliate deals and ripe to, to for a brand like TA to see a video like that that has thousands and thousands of impressions in order to work with drivers that are in their target market. I mean, just think of how easy it would be to reach out to a guy like like Wazir and in order to partner with him on content like that. He's already doing it for fun. So why not throw him some extra cash in order to incentivize him so that he can take a creative spin on maybe not TA, but maybe there's another company out there who would like to have content like that created for them. So just to, in order to, to bring it full circle, it, it's Truck Driver Appreciation Week, but it shouldn't stop at this week. It should be a year-long affair. Go If you missed any part of the show, go back and watch the first portion of it where I listed out a bunch of different gift ideas and how you can appreciate drivers, not only from if you have drivers, but if you're a 3PL or, or you're a non-asset-based uh, 3PL where you want to have that that kind of interaction with your favorite carriers or your, your favorite owner-operators, these are things that you can still do as well. And you can do them more than just a social media post and they will go a long way in order to have those dedicated carriers, in order to have those dedicated owner ops working for you, especially as we approach peak season. So I hope you guys all enjoyed this show. Big thanks again to, to Chris and Max for joining the show and giving us a little bit of a, a different perspective on different sides of the industry. You can check all of the replays for Cyberly by checking out the show notes. They're available on Spotify, Apple, your favorite podcast player of choice. And then you can also check out future episodes right here live on FreightWaves TV at 2 p.m. every Thursday. Once again, my name is Blythe Bromley, and I will see you here right back here next week.